Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're going to talk about managing complexity in the cloud with David Esposito. Today's episode is a continuation of my interview with David Esposito, Global Director of Solutions Architecture at Ivan, where we talk about managing complexity in cloud migration. There's some cultural shifts and there's some business decisions that are made around this. It's not just automate everything. So how do you know, I mean, what business processes should we put into place when managing my cloud assets to decrease my complexity? Yeah, the um, I think first and foremost, you you really need to have infrastructure as code and automated deployments in place. If you may be able to get by as a startup, but at some point it's not going to scale past a small group of people that know how to do the manual script stuff. Uh, so as you grow, that that needs to be in place. But everything else is really a conversation of. Uh, define what risks there are to the company. So outages, downtimes, um, and then have an open conversation between leadership and engineering of how do we solve or protect against that and how much do we want to invest in that. And, gotcha. and you know, the complexity conversations that we had, uh, multi-region, multi-cloud, for some companies, it absolutely makes sense to have the the highest level of uptime so uh, healthcare, for example, um, you may need to be able to have all of that data backed up in multiple locations, as well as have all of the services available, because it could be uh, a critical life-saving decision uh, based on that data. But if you're in e-commerce and it's April, maybe you spin down that second region because you know, not much is going to happen when people get out of school and go on vacation. Right. No, that makes sense. So um, you, you mentioned multi-cloud. I, I was on a panel discussion just um, earlier this week, and there was actually a pretty big argument over multi-cloud and single cloud and the complexity of multi-cloud. Doesn't adding multiple clouds increase complexity? Yes. Short answer, yeah, absolutely resounding. So, yes. so why, so why go? Why, why even, why even approach it? Why, why even yep. go there? The uh, most of the motivation that we've had uh, from customers is one of the use cases I just described with healthcare. Of they need, they can't rely, put all their eggs in one basket. And even if it's multi-region, what happens if there's a whole networking outage on GCP, for example? What are they going to do? So. When there are uptime requirements there uh, for customer data or life-saving decisions, it makes sense to go multi-cloud. The other one that we've seen is for highly regulated industries. Uh, if financial services or oil and gas or federal go into one cloud, what happens if they get a bad business deal or things shift or uh, data gets leaked or there's a security incident? What would it cost? to move to another cloud? Or what's their backup plan should something like that happen? And the financial industries, the regulate, regulators are encouraging multi-cloud deployments 
so that should anything happen in either of those, they can shut it off and then deploy plan C later on. Okay, that 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 makes sense to me. Have, have you run into any of your customers where they went to multi-cloud because of cost? Um, I'm just usually, wondering, is that, a, is yeah. that a factor now so they can play the cloud service providers against each other to get better costs? Or is that already a commoditized market that it just doesn't matter anymore? Yeah, when you when you uh, get down to the fine details of the financial incentives, usually volume, you get discounts at scale. So usually that's what it comes down to. And you have better negotiating power the more you spend. Uh, so that's what we've seen. The I'll say your question about the, um, you're thinking about in the opposite direction. Do you go multi-cloud? Uh, usually what we see is larger companies acquire smaller startups or companies for specific features. And we're a GCP shop, but oh, that weird company is over in AWS. And you know, how do we get uh, them over? Yeah. So, cause their, their discounts, their cloud discounts don't apply to the other ones. So like, oh, we have, you know, $10 million in GCP credits come over for training professional services. You know, you pretty much run for free for the next two years with our incentives. Gotcha. So it's usually cloud consolidation for cost. Oh, that, that's, that's really interesting. So, I mean, then how, how do you think that the cloud service providers are differentiating themselves now? The, um, cause it yeah. can't just be on it's, price. It can't just be on price. Otherwise yep. they're going to drive the price all the way down. Uh, right. Where no one's making yep. money anymore and they're yeah. all making a lot of money. So yes, yep. <laughs> they're doing yeah. something. Yep. From, uh, well, I'll say real quick before we go into that, the, the nuance of multi-cloud is uh, if you think about going multi-cloud or regulators are pushing you, there are some complexities with difference of APIs. So if you're in GCP and you know how to deploy everything and you're used to compute and those uh, you know, uh, local SSDs, then you're thinking of going to uh, AWS. Now you have to relearn the platform, relearn the deployment process, and you may even have to rewrite a lot of that code. So there's containerization is extremely popular in that Let's run containers on Kubernetes and I can have managed Kubernetes on GCP or AWS or Azure. So now I can just deploy and I can have multi-cloud fairly easily, but it comes more complex or difficult with other managed services for say, I wanna do Postgres in multiple clouds. Uh, even picking Postgres 13, there's different configurations in AWS versus GCP. There may be different patching versions, different networking setups, different uh, different extensions installed on each. So, you know, a service in one cloud is not the same as, as a, a service, service in the other. Another. So I'm glad you brought up Kubernetes because there is a trend to move towards containerization because I can deploy it anywhere. Are yeah. you starting mm -hmm. to see stateful containers then for like, hey, I'm just going to spin my own Postgres container, forget using the, the DBAS, um, in yep. the cloud service provider because I'm now tied to them. I'm, I'm stuck, right? Yeah. And the what we've seen is, I think there's a there's a trend in the fight going in both directions. Stateful can be run in Kubernetes or stateful should never be run. Uh, I think I'm, I'm an engineer, so the answer is it depends. Yeah, of uh, course, yeah. But it, it really depends on the features that you need. If you're looking for world-class 
Postgres, so point in time recovery with five second flush rates and you're looking for backups uh, with automated um, recovery or forking, um, you're looking to do um, maybe even just optimizations of the machines. How do you how do you deploy an instance of a certain size, not deal with a noisy neighbor and have uh, optimized infrastructure like local SSDs with NVMe interface? How do you how do you ensure that but in a containerized environment? Yeah, you really can. So, and yeah, that's what DBAS is, you know, database as a service. That's what we do is we look at what does world-class look like? And that becomes more important as you scale. So if you're doing Kafka and a thousand messages per second. Mm-hmm. No big deal. You know, your own, yeah, container is probably fine. But if you're starting to push a million plus messages per second, you're pushing a, giga, uh, a gigabyte per second. That's a completely different conversation. All right, let's also talk on the complexity side. Let's talk a little bit about security, yep. right? Because this is a big problem right now. We just had the big solar winds attack. What um, last year is when they sprung the trap. They've been playing around in people's DevOps environments for several years, um, just waiting. How, how do we deal with security? Because, hey, security in the clouds is a different beast than in your own data center. Yep. Yeah. And we, uh, we have some, one of the guys from my team comes from a, uh, he has a federal, a U.S. federal government background. So, you know, lockdown networks, there's, you know, the, what is it, the air gap is what they call it is, yep. you know, you don't need a VPN, you don't need encrypted anything because data can't get out anyway. Um, and I think a lot of people treat data centers, private data centers, similar to that, whether it's private cloud or actually on-premises. Uh, inside their own data centers, they treat it similarly uh, in that they don't employ the certain best practices encrypted uh, in transit and, and at rest. When you go to the cloud, it's you have to think about slightly different things, but the most important thing to think about is uh, data is going outside of your walls, which is okay, as long as you have this appropriate security controls in place to ensure data doesn't leak and uh, doesn't have unauthorized access, uh, as well as you meet any compliance requirements. So you really need to look at, don't try to think of it as we're gonna move to the cloud and everything's gonna be the exact same locked down. We're gonna move to the cloud and we're gonna meet the uh, the needed security requirements. All right, so it, that requires training. Yep. It does, yep. I mean, I mean yeah. let's just be brutally honest, right? Yes. It requires training because my data is in the in the open. In fact, yep. I, I I don't know if it was you or someone else I was talking to. They went and did a security audit at one company, and they decreased they decreased their uh, their threat for um, uh, cyber attacks by just uh-huh. taking their S three containers and not making them public. They had their S three <laughs> containers public. I'm like, oh, yep. Yeah, I wonder yeah. why you had data data leakage or ransomware because yep. well, and, you you gave that to everybody. <laughs> yep, and that's an interesting one because S three is encrypted at rest, but not if you have programmatic access through you know publicly exposed buckets. Uh, so the but along with the training, uh, you also have to know what the cloud and managed service providers are doing because, uh, for example, our databases 
we run on compute EC2 or GCP compute Azure. Um, when we store to disk, there's one level of encryption that's done at the cloud level. So the cloud provider encrypts those disks for us. So your data is encrypted to rest. We then at operating system level, do another layer of encryption with our own managed keys. So you have two people that are securing. So data is double encrypted at rest and uh, any data in transit is encrypted. Uh, so with, uh, with usually host specific keys. So anything going to the server, uh, it's encrypted for that particular server. And then when we kill a server or when it's decommissioned, throw away the key and now it's locked with our key and just, you know, the cloud providers locked with their key as well. So there's a lot of smart people. I didn't come up with that, but there's a lot of smart people that think about cloud security and with things out in the open, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you lock it down? So that brings up, that brings up, I, I think our next point, and that's what, what is Ivan doing in the, in the space? Because you've talked about um, decreasing complexity, managing costs, and also security. So now's your time to pitch Ivan. I mean, because when I saw <laughs> yep. your guys' stuff, I said that you guys have something here that's really um, compelling. I think uh, my listeners would love to hear about. Yeah, like I said, I come from an engineering background. I'm not a salesman, but I am in the sales organization. Uh, and to to frame it a little bit, uh, I was a whatever you something platform or enterprise or application architect something uh, that was running Kafka at scale doing IT automation. We're doing five billion events a day, so fifty thousand events per second. And at one point, we grew to the maturity of what do we do with this Kafka instance? We have an ops team that is, you know, there's a lot of pain managing it. Uh, they're patching, applying 24 seven people on call. So does it make sense to manage it? And I started evaluating manage Kafka service providers. One of the companies that popped up was Ivan. Um, and uh, we were one of, Ivan was one of the first companies to offer managed Kafka in the cloud uh, f- uh, about five or six years ago. So there's already an established track record. And when I looked at Ivan's offering, they did all the open source technologies I had experience with. Elasticsearch, I ran Elasticsearch at scale, um, multiple multi-terabyte clusters of Elasticsearch. I ran, uh, there's about 20 instances of MySQL uh, running in our database. We had Redis, uh, some instances as large as 32 or 56 gigabytes running on GCP. and then Kafka, essentially. So looking at Ivan in the offering, that's a lot of what I had experience with and what I was excited about. So joining the solutions architecture team, I got to work with a lot of interesting customers in automotive, e-commerce, um, the government, uh, fintech, to talk about what's the cloud solution, what's the cloud strategy. So I was really interested in joining the company from that perspective because of the offering, but they did it better than anyone else we saw. So uh, focusing on security, performance, and resilience in the cloud. So the big play here is operational excellence because you yep. guys aren't right. You're, you didn't rewrite Kafka. You're not spinning your own version of these things. You know how to set them up, manage them for reliability, for cost and mm-hmm. security, right? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. And the mission is to make developers' lives better. So even just- uh, That's a good mission. I like that mission. I'm a software developer too, so I know. 
Yes. Spinning up a free trial, you have production ready Kafka going in five minutes and, you know, help articles and tutorials to walk you through. You're sending a Kafka message in the cloud with cloud native best practices in less than 10 minutes. That's, uh, so that's impressive. That, that hooked me. Um, and it's been interesting seeing how different companies think about that and apply the best practices and rely on us uh, for, for the different open source technologies. But it's also great to be able to contribute back and that um, we're, we don't just build proprietary features that we get to keep and charge more for. Every contribution that we have goes back to the open source, uh, open source upstream project. Oh, that, that's awesome. Hey, David, this has been, uh, this has been great. I, I, I've learned some things today, which is great. I always like learning new things. And I think, uh, I think our audience will really, really appreciate your journey through this multi-cloud uh, deployment uh, world that we're in. Yep, absolutely, Darren. Really appreciate the time. As always, very fun conversation. And uh, if you want to spin up a free trial or anybody else, uh, you can read any questions. Uh, or if you just want to talk about cool technology stuff or big numbers, uh, I will be the first to admit. I know there's 84,600 seconds, or is it 86,400 seconds per day? So um, <laughs> let's talk about big numbers. Let's talk about fun projects. Um, otherwise, check us out with a free trial. Darren, I really appreciate the time. Hey, thanks a lot, David. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.